I'm Carson Horn, and it's Friday at 11, which means it's time for Talking Tumors on Weagle 91.1. So grab your toilet paper and let's get rolling. Welcome in, everybody, to Talking Tumors here on Weagle 91.1. It's a new day on the plains. Hugh Freeze was hired on Monday by Auburn as to be the next head coach of the Auburn football team. Obviously, this is something that we've been waiting on for over a month, and it finally occurred. The hire did not come without a little bit of backlash from the fan base, and even some being a little disappointed. We're going to break down all of that today. We've got a loaded show, again, mostly discussing this hire, how this hire came to be. We're going to talk about the possible staff. Uh, Hugh Freeze has already uh, made some hires. We're going to talk about recruiting. And we've got a special guest coming up here in this ne- next segment, the head coach of the Alabama Christian Academy Eagles uh, football team is going to join us. We're going to talk to him. He's my former coach. So I'm looking forward to that coming up here at 11.15. Well, with all that being said, let's dive into this hire. I'm going to start out before I give a, an opinion or, or my thoughts on the hire. I just want to talk about this process because it's been two weeks since I've been on air. I said that you know I expected a hire by the time I talked to you again. I also said at that time I expected it to be Lane Kiffin. So let's talk about what happened here and because obviously the head coach is not Lane Kiffin. It's Hugh Freeze. So let's talk what happened. So this whole, this past month of this coaching search with, with John Cohen and, and company in the Auburn Athletic Department, they worked on this search, but they pretty much, they interviewed a lot of candidates. They talked to a lot of different people, but for the, pretty much Lane Kiffin was their number one target. That's who they wanted. So while they talked to, I believe it's been reported, I think Jason Caldwell on 24-7 reported they talked to maybe 18 different coaches. They had interviews with 11 uh, different coaches. So John Cohen definitely uh, did the work, but he was kind of settled in on Lane Kiffin, and everything looked good for the past you know few weeks. Again, two weeks ago, everything still looked good. Everything from... Beat writers, reporters, everybody kind of said, yeah, they'd be surprised if it wasn't Lane Kiffin. That was the vibe he was giving to Auburn. Uh, even Ole Miss, you know, that was the vibe he was giving to them as well. Something changed, though, Thanksgiving week, the week of the Egg Bowl. Around midweek there, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, things started to change. He kind of started to have a change of heart, and it looked to be at that point Auburn started to get the vibe, well, this may not happen. I'm not sure how far it got. I'm not sure if there was a legitimate verbal agreement between Auburn and Lane Kiffin. I do think it was fairly close. The plan was to hire him on Friday, make that announcement for the Iron Bowl on Friday, and then have him rolling the Sunday after the Iron Bowl, and let's get this thing going. However, again, like I said, about midweek, things started to change. He he started to get some second thoughts, I think, on, on his decision to leave. In large part, I do believe due to family. His daughter, I believe, is a senior in high school. I think she wants to go to, go to Ole Miss. And he didn't want to leave Oxford again. Also, Ole Miss did their part. They did what you're supposed to do when a coach is looking like he's going to leave. They got a raise. Their NIL funds uh, dramatically increased. So that helped as well. But this has nothing to do, and I, I want to make this point clear. And I'm not, I'm not saying this because I'm... I'm upset and I, you know, I'm getting defensive on what I said earlier about Auburn being a better job. Auburn's still a better job than Ole Miss. It just is. The resources were already there. 
the championship pedigree was already there. This had nothing to do with Ole Miss being on equal or better level than Auburn as a program. What this had to do, and what I said, if Lane Kiffin were to stay and not come to Auburn, like many expected two weeks ago, it would be because of family. It would be because Ole Miss is where he's at right now, and he doesn't just want to have to turn around and leave yet another place again. If he coaches a game next season, Ole Miss will be the place he's been at the longest of his career. So stability played a big role, but again, in the end, really, it was the family. Uh, his daughter and his son uh, played a big role in him. Just like, you know what? I'm happy here. I'll, I'll continue to make good money here uh, in Oxford. I, he still has a chance to get Ole Miss into the uh, to an SEC championship game. Uh, hasn't been done uh, in the modern era here. And also with the expanding college football playoff, uh, as we'll talk about a little bit later on in the show, if we get to have time, hope we do. That's going to benefit Ole Miss as well. Uh, they're going to have a greater chance of getting in the college football playoff with that system. So that is kind of where things went with Lane Kiffin. So at that point, John Cohen had a turn to his number two. There, A lot of people reported Hugh Freeze was number two. Personally, I didn't really buy into that. I'll say that. I was kind of unsure. I, I really did not think Hugh Freeze was number two. I, just because of the history there, John Cohen was obviously involved with the whole uh, issues at Ole Miss. And when he was at the Mississippi State Athletic Director, when everything kind of came tumbling down with Hugh Freeze, uh, when he was in Oxford. So I was, I was not completely sold that he was the number two. However, that seemed to be the case. And so news kind of broke Saturday morning, I believe. Uh, Pete Thamel broke the news that Auburn had targeted Hugh Freeze. And they were expected to announce after the Iron Bowl. Well, then Saturday, you saw major pushback, uh, on Twitter, especially, but even in a barrage of emails, I believe, uh, over 7,000 emails were sent to President Roberts and Athletic Director Cohen uh, discussing, uh, talking about their concerns with Hugh Freeze and his history of all, some of the off-the-field issues that he has had. And you kind of saw a little bit of, of a delay. Was it because of that? I don't know. My expectation was before those emails were sent and before the outrage on social media that Hugh Freeze was going to be hired on Sunday. I really do think the pushback uh, from fans kind of made John Cohen and and, um, uh, and President Roberts kind of hold off an extra day. I think they maybe they did some more research. I don't know. This is just speculation on my part. Uh, maybe maybe those the plan the whole time was the Monday. Maybe they were not uh, thinking Sunday uh, in the first place. No matter what, it took a little bit longer than I expected. But by Monday around lunchtime, almost a month to the exact date that Brian Harson was fired as head coach at Auburn, Hugh Freeze was hired as the next head coach. And again, there was there was pushback again when the hire was made. There was a lot of disappointment. I really do believe the fan base is is fairly divided on this hire. Um, I think you see that on social media, message boards, wherever you want to look. The fan base is fairly uh, divided on the hire. So with that, let me dive into. Let me first get positives, and let then I'm going to get negatives, and then I'm going to get into my opinion. I probably won't have time to get into my opinion before we go this first break and bring on our our, our guests here in the second segment. Uh, so we may have to wait to the third segment for me to give my full opinion. But let's go through the positives first. The positives, I'll start with number one. We'll go positives, then we'll go negatives. Good news and the bad news. Hugh Freeze is a good coach. He is. You you know, is he a next-level coach? That That's a fair question to ask. 
but he is a good coach. You can't argue with what he's done, his track record, what he did at Ole Miss, what he did at Liberty, uh, what he did as a high school coach, what he did as a lower-level collegiate coach. Everywhere he's been, he has won, and he has won at a high level. You, you, he's also developed quarterbacks, and that's a big deal with Auburn. QB development has been a major issue. Uh, it, it was a major issue with Gus Malzahn era. And you could argue that it's even been an issue. It was an issue with the Brian Harson era, although it's hard to tell because it was less than two years with him. But that also is a mark of a good coach and his QB development. He runs a good offense. Uh, there, I've seen some comparisons to Gus Malzahn. It's not. The run scheme, you could argue, is a little bit similar. The pass scheme is a lot more complex in a much better uh, scheme overall uh, than Gus Malzahn's pass scheme. So he does have a he does run a good offense, an effective offense. He's a good play caller. Those are all positives. Um, he's motivated. I, I, he he is probably the most motivated out of any coach you could have gotten for this job. I'll say that he wanted this job so bad. I mean, he was essentially I, I said it weeks ago when we were talking about candidates. Hugh Freeze was essentially on his hands and knees begging for this job. You can take that as a good thing. You can take that as a bad thing. But he is motivated and he wants a chance at redemption. He wanted to be back in the SEC. He wanted to compete at the highest level again. And so you've got to be excited about that, that you have a coach in here that really, really wants this job and that's not going to take anything uh, for granted. He's going to go out every single day and he's going to work to succeed at the highest level. That's obviously a positive. Another huge positive here. You could argue the biggest positive. For the most part, this is who the PTB, the powers that be, the boosters, this is this was their guy. I'm not saying that every single one of them. There's a ton of boosters here at Auburn, but this was who they wanted. I'm not, no, don't, don't misunderstand me here. I am not saying they made this hire. I do not believe that for one second. I believe if someone told you that, I believe they're wrong and buying way too much into the power that the boosters have here at Auburn. I would point you to multiple different articles that would, that would tell you this was a John Cohen hire and no one else. With that being said, though, for the first time in my lifetime, the hire that the AD has made actually aligns with what the boosters here at Auburn wanted. This was a guy that they kind of wanted back in February when there was a discussion about whether or not to go ahead and fire Brian Harson. Then Hugh Freeze was was somebody who who a lot of people liked uh, from the outside looking in. So that's booster support should not be an issue. Whereas you thought it might have been with Brian Harson. I firmly believe with Hugh Freeze as head coach, you're going to get plenty. I mean, plenty of support. Uh, from the boosters as far as NIL goes and money for facilities, although Auburn facilities are perfect now. But stadium upgrades, anything you can think of that could help this football program, I don't believe Hugh Freeze can have any issues in asking and receiving from this group of boosters. So that is most definitely a positive for this uh, Auburn football program. And then finally, he beat Alabama twice. In back-to-back years at home and on the road, uh, that's a, that's a big deal. If you're going to be an Auburn uh, head football coach, you've got to be able to beat Alabama. You've got to be able to beat your rivals in general, not just Alabama, because Auburn's been horrendous against Georgia. And that goes back to Malzahn. That goes back to Chiswick. That goes back to Tuberville. Uh, Auburn has been historically bad in this century against Georgia. So that's going to have to change. But it's a positive that he has beaten Alabama twice for an Auburn head coach to have um, on your resume that you've beaten Nick Saban of course, is a big deal. All right, the negatives. We'll start with the off-field. 
the Ole Miss cheating, uh, what happened there as far as recruiting, what happened with the off-field issues at Ole Miss that, uh, along with the cheating, uh, caused him to get fired. Look, I can't, I'm not going to go into too much detail uh, about the off-field issues, uh, but you all know they're out there. You can read all about it if you don't. And those are obviously negatives. Those are things that he uh, has to overcome and that he has to answer to. And so those are obviously negatives that come with it. He has an overall 609 uh, win-loss record at Ole Miss when he was in the SEC. That's not counting the vacated wins that came due to the cheating that we just mentioned there at Ole Miss. This is, this is scary. I said 609. That is actually worse than Gus Malzahn. Now, you can argue, okay, well, that was at Ole Miss, and you know, you're know you at Auburn now, have more resources and all that. That's true. However, Ole Miss was actually having some have better talent on their roster during that time than Gus Malzahn had at Auburn. That's a concerning stat. I'm just putting that out there. Based on recruiting rankings and whatnot and blue chip ratio and how much you want to buy into that, I don't know. But I'm just saying, based on that, Ole Miss in general had more talent than Auburn on their roster during his time at Ole Miss. So yes, you can make the argument all the context that you know, it was at Ole Miss. You just said Auburn's a better program. I did. But I'm also telling you, that, that that was the case back then, that Ole Miss did have more talent on the roster, yet they had a worse win-loss record, uh, Hugh Freeze did, than Gus Malzahn at Auburn. He also had a lot of bad losses, similar to what we saw in the Gus Malzahn era. I'm not trying to make Hugh Freeze out to be Gus Malzahn. I don't think he's the same coach, I think. Um, but I'm just trying to throw some stats out there to you, some facts out there to you, just for you to make your own judgment. This is for you to make. I'm just trying to put stats out there. He was 5-7 and seven in his final year at Ole Miss. Chad Kelly did get hurt, so that is an important reference to add there. But he had a loaded roster there, yet he went 5-7, and seven, and those were some negatives. 19-21 and 21 was his record against SEC teams. That's also not going to cut it at Auburn. That is not good. That has to improve. Definitely have to be above 500. Need to be a good deal above 500. That's certainly a negative. And then this is even worse, a losing record against SEC West teams that also is going to have to change um, going forward if he wants to see at Auburn, keep his job at Auburn, and continue to make progress uh, as a head coach uh, in order to be successful here. And then finally, a negative, it, this higher divided fans. He's going to have a lot of work to do to get the fan base united, to get the fan base all on the same page and, and, and get behind him. So with that, we're going to go to our first break. We'll have uh, a guest coming on here uh, right after we get back from commercial here. Uh, so stay tuned to Talking Tumors. Calm. All righty, welcome back in. We're going to try this again. Uh, Coach Summers, are you there? Yeah, man, I'm here, buddy. All right, we finally got it working. I'm sorry about that, everyone. Sorry, Coach Summers, that we had so many issues with it, but I'm glad we were able to get you on. And again, just to reintroduce you, uh, Coach Summers is the head football coach at Alabama Christian Academy in Montgomery. He was my uh, former coach, and I'm super excited to have him on. I will make a note that he is an Alabama fan, but I still uh, trust his opinion on everything. So uh, I'm still going to get his uh, thoughts on a couple different Auburn questions as well. But thank you for joining us, Coach. Yeah, man, it's my pleasure, man. We're all, look, all the staff and, and everybody at school is proud for you. And, you know, glad to see you're chasing your dream. You know, we know you're, you're at an agricultural college and, you know, I guess y'all are, are doing your broadcast from your, uh, from one of your greenhouses over there or something, man, with as many problems as we have. But you got to start somewhere, right? Hey, that's right. You got it right. <laughs> 
Well, Coach, I wanted to first ask you about the topic of the day that we're talking about on here, and that's, of course, the hiring of Hugh Freeze. Auburn hired him on Monday. When you hear that name, you think of him as a coach. What was your immediate reaction to that hire for Auburn? Well, you know, uh, I guess my reaction was I was I was uh, laughing at all my Auburn friends for one thing is that there was a kind of a uh, a big uproar, and I you know I guess my reaction to him is uh, you know, just wait and see. This guy wins eleven games next year. You're gonna kind of forget all his uh, his past transgressions and all and. You know, look. I think the big thing everybody's everybody's up in arms with is is you know what what got him fired at Ole Miss. But you know what did get him fired at Ole Miss? You know, I don't think anybody really knows. I think he's been obviously very adamant that he was never unfaithful to his wife. Um, did he probably have a lapse in judgment? And did he probably? Um, does it sound like he did some things? Uh, intentionally, uh, it, it does, but you know, look, you don't know what somebody's facing until you face what they're facing. And so, you know, uh, the man seems to be repentant. The man seems to be, um, sorry for what he did. I think, you know, he's a, he's a very splashy name. Um, he's a, he's a very respected name in the, uh, in the college football coaching community. Um, you know, obviously, you know he took he took Ole Miss to a uh, it was I think was it back to back New Year's Six Bowls yes sir um, you know and so that was that was before Ole Miss he really kind of put Ole Miss you know, if you want to say they were on the national map with that I guess he could and um, you know I think his second year you know he or his second or third year after he had taken them to a New Year's Six Bowl they had a lot of expectations and. Um, you know, they lost a close one to Alabama, but they had a lot of injuries, and had they not had a lot of injuries that year, you know, I think obviously uh, that season could have gone differently. Um, so it, is it a good hire? You know, I think from a football standpoint, I think from a support standpoint, I think the people at Auburn are going to be much more behind him than they ever were Brian Harson. Um, so I think he's got a much better opportunity to be successful than Brian Harson did. Um, I think obviously he's been successful, uh, to, you know, at certain levels everywhere he's been. I think Auburn has a better opportunity for him to be successful on a national level uh, than Ole Miss would. So, uh, do I think it was a good hire? I think it probably was. Yeah, so you you hit on a lot of good things there, you know, addressing the past, which again, as you mentioned, that that has caused a lot of uproar from from many Auburn fans, from many. Uh, Auburn students here so I think that was a, a good point to address and, y- and then you you know mentioned his his past record Ole Miss the back-to-back New Year New Year Six Bowls and and what he was able to do to get kind of Ole Miss on the map as they were one of the worst programs in the SEC at the time that that he took over there he was also a, a high school coach and as a uh, high school coach as you are now do you see that as being an, an advantage in in any way to to Hugh Freeze here at the college level and at at Auburn having a background in coaching high school I think he can relate to high school coaches. Um, now, you know, look, you're talking to somebody who's been a head coach for two years, so, you know, I don't really know. I, I have no desire to go to college. I don't think college really has any desire for me to go to it. So, you know, um, <laughs> you know, from a coaching standpoint, being on the field, I don't know, you know, how that'll, you know, if, that, if that'll help him or not. But, I mean, from a relational standpoint as it pertains to high school coaches, you know, I think you know, I think it could because 
you know, he, he, he's walked a mile in the high school coaches' shoes. And I think a, a relationship with a high school coach is an important thing as it pertains to recruiting. Um, you know, from what, from, from everything I've said, I've never met Hugh Freeze, but from everything I've been told about him, he's a, you know, he's a good guy. He's a likable guy. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, when, when he walks into a coach's office, he can relate to that. So I think, I think that, that can bode well for him. Yeah, I know one of the uh, biggest complaints against Brian Harson was the fact that a lot of people did not feel like he tried a, um, hard enough to build relationships with high school coaches. And obviously, as you mentioned, that's important in, in recruiting and, you know, build relationships with these high school coaches is going to help you in recruiting these, you know, high school athletes. Um, so what would you say, though, that uh, Auburn has really, of course, Alabama has dominated uh, the state as far as recruits go, and then you've got teams like Clemson coming in and, and taking some of the top players in the state as well. Uh, what do you think Auburn needs to do to recruit the state of Alabama better? Well, you know, look, I, speaking speaking on Coach Harson real quick, you know, my, my interactions with him were never anything but but pleasant. Um, I had nothing but good good impressions of him. I thought he was a very classy guy. You know, he um, he was always very cordial. He was always very uh, very respectful. Um, always very kind and very gracious whenever I interacted with him. So I I have nothing. You know, I thought Carnell Williams did a great job when he was at our school. I think uh, Coach Etheridge. You know, crap. I've been an Alabama fan my whole life. He had me ready to go play for Auburn when he came to our school and was recruiting one of our guys. You know, so. You know, I think they did good there. Um, you know, I think being persistent. You know, I, I, one of the one, one of the bad things is, you know, and you, your question was about high school athletes. You know, it is it, it's it, it, one of the one of the more frustrating things as a high school coach right now is the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And you know, it seems like that's where um, even look even lower level school that that that's where they're going first, and so reestablishing the importance, you know, it's real easy for me to say that as a high school coach, you know, right now their lifeblood and and these guys are expected to win. They're expected to win right now. So, I mean, I get why they're, why they're um, recruiting that transfer portal so hard because those are guys that they feel like, you know, look, these guys can help us win. They can help us win now. Um, But at the same time, you know, I I think just getting back out and, and building relationships, not only with the coaches, but with the players and with the parents, um, you know, that's what it's about. And, and, you know, we, we had a, we had a guy commit with, uh, with Kentucky and, and he committed with Kentucky because that was who he felt like had the best relationship and who he wanted to play for, for the next four years. So, um, for, from everything I've heard, Hugh Freeze is a very relational guy. And so I think that'll, you know, and, and from coaching on the high school level, you know, I think, and maybe that's what you were alluding to earlier with your question. You know, he's always he. You know, he got his start in college football at Lambeth, I think it was mm-hmm. the NAI school. Yes, you know, sir. And there's a more intimate, a more one-on-one relationship with, um, you know, with a high school and with an NAI school. So I think, you know, he he has those relational skills that maybe some of these, maybe some of the bigger guys who have never really been on that level have. So. Uh, I think that could uh, that could obviously bode well for him. Yes, sir. That's great insight there. I want to ask you about uh, ACA in this past season. I want to ask you one more question about Auburn before we get to that. Uh, I want to ask about Robbie Ashford 
and the potential that you see from him. Do you see him as a guy that can develop into a, a higher-level quarterback at Auburn? I think that's a big question a lot of Auburn fans have. And there's a lot of excitement when Hugh Freeze was hired about Robbie Ashford because of what Hugh Freeze did with Malik Willis, who was an Auburn transfer to Liberty. Uh, so what do you see there with Robbie Ashford? Well, I, I think his skill set is really good. Um, you know, I, I mean, look, the guy didn't throw the ball. I, I, thought, I thought Auburn's game plan against Alabama was really good. Um, I mean, crap, they ran for 400 yards, and the comment after the game was, well, we haven't seen that stuff since Pee Wee. Well, you didn't stop it, you know, and you knew they weren't going to throw it. So, um, you know, I, th- I, I thought, number one, they had a masterful plan uh, to create some mismatches and to create some um, – you know, that they were just – it looked like they were outmanned on the edge a lot. I think Ashford, getting back to your question, I think Ashford's skill set is really good. I think the biggest hurdle with Robbie Ashford is the six inches between his ears, and and that's not a criticism of him. You know, he's a young guy, but he wear, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. So I think that that's something that can be fixed. Um, you know, that's something that, that with maturity, with growth, uh, he can do. Um, you know, I think sometimes when you're a young guy and you're given the keys and, you know, he's a, he's, he's a, you know, he's a local guy he's from Alabama and, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him and it, you could tell he felt that. Now he did, he, he did not look like a guy who felt a lot of pressure in the Alabama game. He looked probably as comfortable as he'd looked all year. Um, and I think you hit on the big thing, you know, I think his skill set is right on par with Malik Willis. Okay, you know, the question is, you know, could he could Hugh Freeze have done that with Malik Willis in the SEC? You know, now Malik Willis didn't have SEC receivers. He had, you know, they're they're an independent, but he had, you know, Sunbelt level receivers and they were going against Sunbelt level or, you know, whatever coverage. So, if I was an Auburn fan, which I'm not, uh I would be excited about the prospect of look, this guy developed a guy that uh you know we kind of weren't able to develop here at all and so could you know could could Hugh Freeze really be the answer for Robbie Ashford I do think Robbie Ashford could be a starting quarterback on the SEC level you know because I think he look uh, uh, as a coach and as a defensive coach when you have a mobile mobile quarterback it's you got it's almost like you've got an extra player on offense and so if they can, if they can get him, if they can get the mental aspect of the game down, which I think they can, um, I think the guy, I think the kid could be a really good quarterback in the SEC. Yes, sir. That's that's a great take, and we'll certainly be be watching to see how how he develops and and what. Uh, Hugh Freeze does regarding the quarterback room uh, as a whole. With that being said, Coach, I want you to reflect on this past season for your football team at uh, ACA. I know you guys made it to the uh, second round of the playoffs, had a lot of success, had some really good players, uh, had some record-breaking seasons and careers uh, at ACA. I was fortunate enough to get to play with the, a lot of those guys. So just talk about this past season and then the future uh, of your program. Well, you know, this past year um – you know, we were disappointed not uh, in the kids, not in the coaches. You know, we were disappointed it ended when it did and how it did. You know, we lost 41-39 in a game that we had led pretty much a whole game. Um, but we this year went probably about like we thought it was going to. You know, we thought early in the year we were going to have to figure some things out a little bit offensively. Um, 
it didn't end up figuring out how we thought it would. You know, we had returned a lot of rushers, and now we ended up having two thousand-yard rushers. But really, the thing that that catapulted us in, into the season we had offensively was our ability to throw and catch. Um, now we had a senior quarterback coming back, but we had pretty much graduated our top three receivers, and so. Um, you know, we we found out we started one and two, and um, we found out after the Trinity game. Hey, you know, we, we we had a staff meeting after that game. We we said, you know, we we've got to we, we feel like we can throw the ball more, and we're going to need to throw the ball more because people are loading the box. Um, and, and we did that, and we start. You know, we really, with the exception of the St. James game, who you know they won the state championship. You know, we they beat us thirty five twenty. We didn't have our quarterback. You know, and I would have liked to have played that game with our quarterback. And, um, you know, we ended up um, scoring a lot of points, went on the road first round, scored 63 points. You know, we just we, – we struggled in the secondary a little bit this year. Um, and uh, – or not a little bit, a lot. We did get better against the run as the season went on. Um, you know, but really proud of those guys. Uh, you know, I, I think your senior class, Carson, graduated a lot of leadership. I think you would – even attest to that. And really our big question was, you know, how, how do these guys buy in? How, how do they break out? Cause you know, we got some quiet guys and um, you know, how do these guys break out of their shell? We were, and we said, you know, we, we can either say, you know, look, we don't, we, we just don't have a lot of leadership on this team or we can develop it. And, and we, 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 we went all in trying to develop leadership and I was really proud of the way the guys bought in. And I felt like, uh, the most growth I saw out of this group as a senior class was their ability to lead, uh, their ability to step up, their ability to, you know, w w when things got tough, mentally speaking, they had a very healthy response. Um, you know, we were very intentional about the mental mental side of the game and training, not, not the X's and O's part, just a mental response to adversity. That was our biggest concern, and we were very pleased. Um, really, in a hundred percent of the games, with how we responded mentally. Now we didn't always win the game, but in every game, but really our first game, and we play that game a hundred times, we lose it a hundred times. Um, we had an opportunity to win the game, even though you know things may not have been going well in the first half. The things we responded to the negative, and we responded in a healthy way. And I was really proud of those guys. I think that'll bode well for them. Um, in, in, you know, in, in whatever they face, because, you know, that, that's one of the, that, that's the importance of football, at least high school football is, you know, in life, you're going to face adversity, you know, and, and it's not the event that determines the outcome, it's the event plus the response going to determine the outcome. And I was really proud of those kids this year. You know, for the future, you know, look, we graduate 10, 10 starters on offense and uh, on paper, you know, that's going to be, uh, not a recipe for a lot of success, but what, one thing I can tell you about the kids we do have coming back is they had never won a game, uh, six, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. And, um, a year ago they went 500 in JV and this year they went three, one and one and probably played, you know, we, we played, uh, Montgomery Catholic in JV and, uh, they had beaten Aniston, uh, Aniston's JV who's really talented. They had, uh, Lost by touchdown to uh, to Auburn's JV. We we lost to them six to nothing, but we it, it, these kids play really hard. And so, um, you know, one thing that uh, 
I don't know who said it, but I, I've, I've clung to it is you never really know how a horse is going to pull till you hook it to a heavy load. Um, and I believe in this group. Uh, we told them when they were in ninth and 10th grade, I think you remember the Dale County game your senior year, uh, we had two post-game speeches. We had the one I gave to y'all, then we had the one I gave to the JV after they'd given up 21 points in two minutes when we were up 49 and nothing. And, uh, you know, they responded really well to that. And I told them in that locker room after we uh, we kind of baptized them with fire a little bit that, hey, uh, our goal for y'all, you know, nobody's respected y'all since y'all started playing, is uh, we want y'all to win a region championship. Nobody's going to think we can do that. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's probably even going to be people in that locker room that don't think we can, but we really believe in this group. We believe in their dedication to be successful, and uh, I'm excited to see how they'll do. So. Yes, sir. Well, thank you again, Coach, for, for coming on today. I appreciate your insight into Auburn and, and sharing about uh, ACA and the football program and, and uh, life lessons as well. So, again, I apologize for the, the difficulties that we had as far as getting you on, but uh, we'll have to have you on again uh, this next semester when we get, get back here in Auburn in the spring. So uh, thank you again, Coach, and I hope you have a good one. Carson, we love you, man. We are, uh, we're really proud. Keep chasing the dream, buddy. Um, you know, we love your family and, uh, you're always, you always have a home at ACA. You always have a friend in us, especially in me, man. You know where you stand with me. Um, you know, this guy, this guy was a captain on our team, probably, and I, not being ugly, probably athletically speaking, the least inclined, but he was a two year starter on the offensive line. And if you see Carson now, he's about 20 or 30 pounds lighter than he was then, but he wasn't real heavy then. So, you know. That speaks to your heart. That speaks to your dedication. And, um, man, we love you. We're proud of you. Keep chasing that dream, buddy. Yes, sir. Love you too, Coach. Thank you. All right. We'll see you, man. Yes, sir. Skilled trade workers are the backbone of every community and also the Army National Guard. Soldiers trained to keep the power flowing. Uh, I uh, really enjoyed that segment with Coach Summers. He is an awesome man, uh, a great coach, and uh, been a great role model in my life. So I really appreciate him coming on and, and talking about Auburn. I apologize for the issues that we had there in the first half of the show. But to conclude the show today, I had a lot of things I wanted to get to. I'm just not going to have the time to get to, but I'm going to try to roll through some things here regarding Hugh Freeze. But the first, like I promised you at the beginning, was I was going to talk to you just about my thoughts on the Hugh Freeze hire. I, I thought uh, Coach Summer shared some great sentiment on that just from an outside fan uh, looking in there since he's not an Auburn fan. But as an Auburn fan, as an Auburn student, here are my thoughts on Hugh Freeze. As I said earlier, I, I believe Hugh Freeze is a good coach. I do. Where I have reservations is I'm not sure he's going to be able to take Auburn to the next level. I think he can get Auburn to a 8-9 win, a 10-win season here and there, which, again, that may be good enough with the expansion of the playoffs to get Auburn into the playoffs. Is it going to be good enough for Auburn to consistently compete for SEC championships? Is it going to be good enough for Auburn to uh, be able to compete for national championships, not just getting the playoffs? That's a good start, but I want to win national championships. Auburn wants to win national championships. Is he going to be good enough to get Auburn to that level? That's where I'm a little bit concerned. I really wanted this hire to be someone who 
who I felt pretty confident that could get Auburn to that level. I really thought with the resources and the money that Auburn had, they could land a big fish that could get Auburn where they were. I don't blame them for missing out on Lane Kiffin. That was uncontrollable. And you could even argue that Lane Kiffin wouldn't be that guy either. He hasn't gotten a team to the national championship, to the playoffs yet. And that's a fair, uh, fair argument on that side as well. So I wasn't thrilled with the Hugh Freeze hire. There's a couple of camps that people, that fans and people usually fall into as far as the Hugh Freeze hire. One, Camp A, they love it. Camp B, they don't like it because of coaching. Camp C, they don't like it because of the off-field issues and the coaching. And uh, then you've got uh, Camp D that just doesn't like it because of the off-the-field issues. That's typically where most of your Auburn fans are. I, I'm probably leaning to more into uh, the uh, of both. because I have some reservations because of the off-field issues. I have some reservations because of the coaching, and that's just where I am. You're you're free to have a, a different opinion on that. You know, I I think it's just to discuss appropriately is where you know Auburn fans need to be. Some some stuff on Twitter has gotten a, a little out of hand. I think most would agree as far as the the bickering back and forth between Auburn fans just on this hire. But I will say this, if Hugh Freeze is going to see it at Auburn, he's got the backing of, of the uh, powers to be, like I said. He's going to need the backing of the fan base, so he's going to need the support. And uh, so I think Auburn fans, happy about the hire or not, you know, owe him that support. Uh, and and as Coach Summers referenced, I do believe that a lot of the, a lot of the frustration that you're hearing about this hire could quickly dissipate if he has a successful season this year, or even if he just lands a, a top 15 recruiting class and a top 10 portal class, which is going to be very important. And that kind of leads to the transition now of what Hugh Freeze needs to do. He has got to, uh, first he's got to hire the staff. He, he's making some headway on that. He's already, he, he's officially hired one coach right now, Jeremy Garrett. That was the D-line coach. At Liberty, he's bringing him over. It looks like he's bringing the majority of his Liberty staff with him. Not all will be on-field roles, though it doesn't seem. Uh, of course, Cadillac Williams is staying on as running backs coach and associate head coach. We haven't gotten confirmation on Zach Etheridge or Christian Robinson, uh, uh, Robinson right now, although it does look like both of those guys are going to stay on staff. I, I don't think you'll see anything official, though, until a defense coordinator is hired by Auburn, but again, he's got to get both coordinators still to, uh, still to be hired. But once the staff is kind of settled in, even beforehand, he's got to recruit. He's got to recruit. I think he's already started on that, and he's got to hit high schoolers. He's got to hit the portal. Uh, we talked about it with Coach Summers about building those relationships with those high school coaches. Some who already still know from his time at Ole Miss, because obviously Ole Miss was trying to recruit the state of Alabama as well. So, and then hit the portal hard specifically. You know it. I know it. The offensive line and the defensive line. Going to be very important to start up front. Possibly a transfer quarterback. He'll have to make the judgment there. But then do the best you can with this, uh, with this high school group this year. If he can land a, a top 15 class, that'll be very impressive, uh, for Auburn, uh, considering the coaching change and everything that has happened. That's going to be very important. Recruiting is the number one priority right now for Hugh Freeze and for this Auburn staff because that's really where Auburn's lacking. It's, it's, in, it's in top players. If this Auburn program wants to return to competing for championships year in and year out and compete at the highest level, it all starts with getting guys in there that can play at a high level. And after that, 
then it's about coaching. I, I really do believe recruiting's got to come number one at the moment for Auburn, and then it turns to coaching. And Hugh Freeze even mentioned this in his presser. He he is thinking about giving up calling plays, which I immediately just had a tough reaction to because I immediately flashed back to to the stuff we went through with Gus Malzahn and him flipping back and forth between calling plays and not calling plays. And Hugh Freeze had been a good play caller. He's been a good play play caller his whole career. And that's why I was like, ugh, I don't know if I necessarily like that, especially when you've been good at it because what if the new guy comes in and he's not? He struggles. You're going to want to take take it over, take that job over as play caller. But his reasoning makes sense. His reasoning was, well, I need to focus more time on recruiting and the culture. And so when you put it that way, I'm like, okay, you know, I can get behind that. That makes sense because I do believe, and I, I agree with him on the fact that recruiting is the number one priority right now for this roster. But that also means you're going to have to hire a really big name OC. And there's some candidates out there that have been mentioned uh, that would be really good hires at offense coordinator. We'll see who he lands on uh, there. So with that being said, I'm trying to decide what I want to move on to here for the last couple of minutes. If I want to talk about roster or if I want to, to talk about uh, other college football stuff. Let me, let's go to coaching. Let's go to coaching. Let's talk about that possible staff. That's what I'll, I'll finish off with here. A possible staff here for Hugh Freeze. This is from uh, reading Nathan King, 24-7, Justin Hoganson of On3 Sports. Uh, they have mentioned, uh, On3, Justin Hoganson have mentioned the possible OC candidates, Phil Longo, the current North Carolina OC, and Arkansas OC, Kendall Bryles, as potential OC candidates for this Auburn office coordinator job. Both of those guys would be tremendous hires. They're both fantastic coaches. A little bit different style of offenses from Hugh Freeze. Phil Longo has shown the ability to adapt, uh, though his offenses to fit whatever is the strength of his team. I like him a lot. He's obviously Drake May has been one of the best players in the country this year. You have to give uh, Phil Longo a lot of credit for that at North Carolina. He's had consistently great offenses. Of course, had Sam Howell there uh, before Drake May this season. Kendall Bryles, what he's done with K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas, kind of comes from that Lane Kiffin tree there, coached with Lane Kiffin at FAU. Similar, more similar offense to Hugh Freeze and maybe Longo would have, would also be another great hire. At defensive coordinator, uh, there's been a lot of names reported. Of course, an Auburn fan favorite, um, T. Will, uh, is at the D.C. down at UCF right now. Auburn fans love him. They would love for him to make a return. Uh, of course, um, You've got guys like Charles Kelly, who's an Alabama former Auburn player. A lot of people like him a lot as well. Um, Barry Odom, another Arkansas coordinator, the defense coordinator, has been mentioned uh, to be linked to the job as well. There's going to be plenty of options for Hugh Freeze, I believe. Auburn's going to have a big budget to spend on coordinators because they were able to get Hugh Freeze at almost like a bargain price. Uh, They didn't have to spend as much money as they were prepared to spend on him as head coach. That's going to be interesting to watch at the coordinator position. At the wide receiver position, it looks like there's a good chance that coach is going to be Grant Hurd, the current UCF wide receivers coach and former Ole Miss wide receivers coach under Hugh Freeze. He recruited some big-name guys there at Ole Miss. He uh, had the mantra NWO, meaning nasty wideouts. Uh, you've seen some uh, Auburn players on Twitter refer to that, so they, they may be making their voice heard of who they want. Uh, to come 
of course, we said that Jeremy Garrett's already the D-line coach. And then when these coordinators get set in place, so I think you'll see more of what the staff as a whole is going to look like. And one more thing with the rosters, I, I just mentioned receivers possibly being Grant Hurd. I'm pretty sure all the receivers that have entered the transfer portal for Auburn have all withdrawn their name now that Hugh Freeze has been hired. Xavion uh, Capers, uh, Tavares Dawson, Landon King, I believe, are all going to return to Auburn now. Uh, it's great, especially Landon King, Xavion Capers. Um, Hugh Freeze has done well with tall, lanky receivers, so both Landon King and Xavion Capers should benefit from Hugh Freeze uh, coaching here. Unfortunately, we have run out of time here. There were so many more things I wanted to get to today that I'm not going to be able to here on Talking Tumors. But again, I thank you all uh, for tuning in and listening this whole semester. And today, uh, it's going to be a while before I'm back. I'll be back in January after the holiday season. We've got exams coming up this next uh, uh, next week, so I won't be here for the shows. This was my last show of the semester But don't worry, I'll still be active on social media, and I will be back here uh, in January. So thank you again all for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon. Have a great holiday season. Thank you for listening to Talking Tumors. Make sure to tune in again next Friday at 11 for another edition. Also, make sure to check out Weagle's 24-hour live stream on WeagleFM.com. And follow us on social media at Weagle underscore AU. War Eagle and see you next time.